So this year, 2020, we've had a, a focus, and we've said that it's, uh, it's called FIRST, and it's a stewardship focus. And it's a focus on making sure that we take stewardship over our lives. And when I'm talking about stewardship, I'm not just talking finances. I'm talking that we take inventory in our lives and, and we see what are our priorities. Where, what, what are the things that are important for us? You see, this morning, I know that we have different people in this place and we're all in a different way, a part of our walk with God. But it's important that we put some priorities in order. Can you say that word with me? Priorities. Can you say that? Priorities. That's the name of the first series that we're starting this year. Priorities. And the first weekend I talk about God's presence being our number one priority. There's nothing more important than God's presence in the life of a believer. Because without him we can't do nothing. That's what Jesus said. Last week my wife and I tag team in this service and we talked about family but I said something and I was I was throwing that in there to make sure that I, I would catch some of your attention I said the second thing we're going to look at in this list is family but if I go in order actually there's another thing that goes in front of family and that's what I'm going to talk to you about today it's called purpose because the reason that families get together is because there's a greater purpose for which God needs to put that family nucleus together You see, my wife and I got married, not because we just fell in love one day and I said, oh, how beautiful she is. No, God had a purpose for us. And in heaven, he determined that in order for us to accomplish that purpose, the best way to do it is if he would put us together. And one day, all of a sudden, zing, you know. And I saw her and she had always been there. That was the prophetic word that they gave us. God has a purpose. Can you tell the person next to you, God has a purpose for your life? Can you tell them that? God has a purpose for your life. So today's message is called, My Purpose is a Priority. My Purpose is a Priority. My Purpose is a Priority. You know, when we start a new year, there's nothing more important that we could talk about than putting our priorities in order. And there's nothing more important starting a new year that we would figure out what's the purpose that God has for our lives. Because we don't want to walk around aimlessly in this life, guys. The days that have been given to you, the Bible says they are numbered. God's days for you and me are numbered. They are counted. I don't want to walk around aimlessly because at the end of the day, that's like another X on another day that goes by. And you and I have a certain limited amount of days because the Bible says that our days are like a mist. They appear today and tomorrow they will vanish. So I want to walk with purpose in my life. I want to make sure that the decisions that I'm making go according to the purpose that God has for my life, for my family, for my children. You guys understand what I'm telling you? Today I might shoot a little bit quick because I want to make sure that I cover all these things and I'm passionate about what we're talking about here this morning. We're going to look at the life of a person that a lot of us in Christian walk, we've read them. After Jesus Christ, I believe, is the person that had the most impact in the whole New Testament, and that's Paul. You see, the Apostle Paul, before he was an apostle, before he was a follower of Jesus Christ, he was actually a persecutor of the church. He persecuted the church. He put Christians to death. He would go around the different synagogues with letters to make sure that he would arrest them and they would beat them. And he was the one behind this whole movement. And the Bible says that Paul, before being called Paul, his name was Saul. 
He was a Pharisee, and he says that he was one of the top Pharisees, that he was above all his other companions at that moment in zeal and in passion for God. And he thought that what he was doing was correct. He thought he was doing it for God. Don't you know a lot of people that are doing things that they think they're doing it for God, but at the end of the day, they're missing the mark? That's what was happening with Saul. He was passionate. He had zeal. He, he was doing all these things. But one day, he had this real life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. As he was on his way to Damascus with letters to put more Christians to death, all of a sudden this light appeared and he fell to the ground. And when he, when he saw this light, he fell to his knees and he says, What do you want with me, Lord? Immediately he had to recognize Who are you? And he said, listen to this. He said, this is Jesus Christ whom you are persecuting. Look how interesting. He was really not persecuting Jesus because Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father. He was persecuting the church. But when you mess with the church, you mess with Jesus because the church is the bride of Christ. And Jesus said, you have been persecuting me. Don't get an issue with the church because when you get an issue with the church, you get an issue with Jesus. You can't be right with Jesus and be wrong with the church. It's impossible. Oh, I hate the church, but I love God. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Something going on there, brother. We got to deal with some stuff. You've been hurt. Somebody wound you. That's why you don't want to be part of the church. But I love Jesus. I pray five hours a day. Oh, don't bring me that. I've walked around the block a few times. Somebody hurt you. So Jesus tells Paul, you've been persecuting me. And all of a sudden, this persecutor of Christ and the church, this guy that was doing all these things, all of a sudden, he falls to his knees and he goes, what do you want me to do? He goes, you know what? Just go here. Okay, you're going to go to this place in Damascus and somebody's going to come and tell you what you need to do. And for weeks, this guy couldn't see, he couldn't talk, he was completely out. Until some guy called Ananias was sent by God to go and pray for him. And Ananias, when Jesus appears to him, Ananias hears this message. Jesus says, I want you to go and pray for this guy named Saul. He's in this place in a a street called Straight. I need you to go there. He goes, I'm not going. What do you mean you're not going? I'm not going. That guy's putting Christians to that. Like, hello, I'm Christ. I'm telling you to go. Don't worry. I got this thing figured out, you know. And Ananias like, all right, Lord, I'll go. And he goes, and he prays for Saul. And the Bible says his scales fell from his eyes, and the blindness left. And all of a sudden, this, this zealot, this persecutor of the church, becomes the number one follower of Christ and the number one apostle. And in the New Testament, we have 27 books that are written, and out of those 27, 13 are written by him. You and I probably have read Romans, we've read Colossians, we've read Ephesians, we've read all these books that he was the one that wrote them. And a lot of times from prison, because because of his faith and his following of Christ, he ended up a lot of times in prison. And pastor, why are you talking to me about this guy this morning? What does this have to do with me? Well, it has to do a lot with us in this morning, because in Galatians chapter 1, if you could come with me there. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. This man says something amazing. But even before I was born, 
Even before what? Even before what? Even, even before I was born, God chose me and called me by His marvelous grace. Then it pleased Him to reveal His Son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And when this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Today we're talking about the priority of purpose. And I want you to write these things down. Number one, number one, your purpose precedes your birth. Your purpose precedes your birth. Paul says here something so amazing. He says, even before I was born, God chose me and he called me. What did he do before he was born? What did he do before he was born? He what? He chose him and he what? He what? He chose him and before what? Before? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pastor, what do you mean? This guy wasn't born yet. He doesn't exist yet. He's not around yet. What do you mean that before he was born, God chose him and God called him? What does he mean by that? It's something very powerful because even though you were not born, I'm here to tell you something this morning. Before you, even though you were not born, you already existed. I want to tell you something this morning for those people, and I'm going to tell you in a second, those people that you might think you're in error. Before you were born, you already existed. Before somebody had the opportunity of rejecting you, you were already accepted. Before somebody had the opportunity to mess with you, you were already being loved. Come on. I'll preach to that baby. That baby knows what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. Hmm. I want to tell you something this morning. Get this in your spirit, church. Please get this in your spirit. You existed before you were born because God had a purpose with your life, and He still does. You existed before you were born because God has a purpose with your life, and He still does. Look what Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, this great apostle, this follower of Christ that used to be a persecutor, he has an insight to this, and he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, get this church, get what I'm going to say. He goes, even before he made the world... God love us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. Woo! Come on, somebody. Before what? Before He made? In the beginning, the Bible says that everything was what? It was dark and without shape, without form. It says the Spirit of God moved over the waters. He hovered over the waters. 
and he spoke and he said, let there be light. And all of a sudden there was light. And he starts to put order to all this chaos that there is. The Bible says that before all that happened, he already loved you. And he already had chosen you. Well, pastors, that this thing that is happening to me is a coincidence. Oh, really? Oh, the thing that is happening to me was not planned. Oh, really? Maybe it wasn't planned by you. Didn't catch God by surprise. God is not up there on the throne saying, oh, my God. I can't believe it. I took a nap and look what happened while I was sleeping. That does not happen. Oh, man, that does not happen. Actually, I'm going to tell you that before he opened the book, the book was already closed. Before Genesis started, Revelation was already written. Some crazy stuff I'm sharing with you guys this morning. Your purpose precedes your birth. Your purpose precedes your birth. Don't you ever tell me that you are in error. Don't you ever tell me, church, that you are a mistake. Never tell me that your dad got drunk and he met this lady on one night. Never come to me with that story. Because that could be the story that you and I have heard. But that's not the story that heaven says. And we need to be aligned with the story that heaven is speaking over our lives. And there's some things that we need to align in our hearts. Because if we continue believing the stories that we see, we will never align ourselves to the purpose of God. Guys, hear what I'm telling you? I am gripped by this this morning to share this with you because I believe that we always fall for these lies and we fall for these things. But even before you were born, you already had a purpose. The Bible says here, listen to this, that God chose Paul and called him. And I want to tell you that God chooses you and he calls you. And we're going to look about to this in a moment. Number two, I want you to write this down. Your purpose is revealed by your specific design. Your purpose is revealed by your specific design. Your purpose is revealed by what? By your specific design. This speaks about, about why somebody created something. You see, how many of us love the appliances that we have in our kitchen? How many of you guys love having a refrigerator? Raise your hand. Isn't it great to have a refrigerator? Imagine every time you wanted to eat something, you had to go to Publix, you know, because you had nowhere to store it. How many of you guys love having a stove? Raise your hand. I mean, you could just put things in there and make something nice. Manny, you better raise your hand. You're a chef, bro. <laughs> How many of you guys love the microwave? How many of you guys like the microwave? Microwave is the bomb. I don't know what life was like, you know, before the microwave. Back in the times of my abuela con los baño maria and stuff like that. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. That's the way you used to heat up some stuff back then. Everything in the kitchen has a specific purpose. And everything was designed by the person that made it to work according to his purpose. You guys understand what I'm telling you? Imagine that you wanted to freeze your water so you could have some nice ice. And you got your water and you would put it on the stove and put the stove at 400 degrees. What would happen? Would you have ice? 
Oh, you wouldn't have ice. What would you have? Very hot water, and eventually you have vapor, because that thing will probably melt. All right? Everything in your kitchen has a specific purpose that was meant to be like that, according to who? According to the person that designed it. If you go to the pool in this season, I'm going to tell you that even though it's a little warm outside, the pool will be cold. All right? You don't go inside the house and get an iron. All right? And since you ironed your clothes in the morning and it made it nice and warm, you don't get the iron and throw it in the pool. Because if you throw the iron in the pool, connected, and you jump in the pool, you know what's going to happen? You're going to look like Tom and Jerry. You know, that's what's going to happen. You're going to be electrocuted because the iron was never meant to heat a pool. Everything, listen to what I'm going to say, everything has a purpose, and that purpose is revealed by what? By the design. By the design, by the design, by the design. I want to tell you a couple of things in this point that I think are going to be so, so important because Paul says that even before he was born, God chose him and called him by his marvelous grace before he was born. He was what? He was chosen and he was called two different things. I want you to write that down. There's two different things. To be chosen, to be called, two very different things. Two very different things. To be chosen, okay, means that you get picked. Any guy, anybody here familiar with sports? Anybody like some sports in this place? Or you've been part of a team, okay? To be chosen means that you get picked. You get to be part of the team. Maybe you even get to be part of a worship team. Or you get to be a part of a basketball team. Or you get to be part of something that there's a group of people. And let me tell you something. There's an excitement when you get picked. There's an excitement when you get chosen. Because you get to be part of something that is bigger than you. I remember when I used to be horrible at basketball. And I remember that I was so bad that I would be in the corner. Pick me, pick me, pick me. But nobody would pick me. Pick me, pick me, pick me. And I remember when they finally did pick me, I was saying, yes. I got chosen. I can be part of the team. But something that I learned very quick, that because I was chosen, didn't mean that I was going to play. That I was part of the team didn't mean that I was going to actually go in the game. And the Bible says that before you were born, you were chosen. You were picked. Who picked you? God picked you. Isn't that amazing? God picked you to be part of his team. God picked you to be part of his family. There's no better team that you can be a part of than God's team, church. I'm so glad that before I was born, he said, I want that one. One day before you and I were born, we were in Christ and the Spirit, and God looked at you and He says, I want her. I want him. I want him. I want her. I want her. God was making His team. He was putting His family together. He says, I want her. I want him. I want him. And everybody in this room, God took His time to say, duck, duck, duck. No, goose. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Come on, I see some... Little ones here, so I'm trying to make sure everybody understands. God chose you. 
But then, pay attention to this. Not only did he choose you, okay? Not only did he pick you, but then he called you. Very different. Very different. Because to call you, it means that you're not only part of the team, but you're going in the game. You're going in the game. I know people that have rehearsed and been part of a team for so long, and they never even got into play. They've never even gotten an, an instrument up here. They've never gotten to sing. Oh, but they're part of the team, and they'll come to the rehearsal, and they'll do this, and they'll do that. But the time of being called has not yet come. And you could be in a team, but that you're in a team and that you get called and say, Garcia, you're going in. Garcia, you're going in the game. And all of a sudden, I was like, yes, I'm going in. Not only have I been chosen to be part of this team, but I'm going in. Let me tell you something. When you go in the game, pay attention to what I'm going to say. Is because you bring a specific skill set that the game calls for what you bring to the table. Oh, pay attention to what I'm telling you today. There's something that right now this earth needs that God chose you. But not only did he choose you, he called you. He put you in the game because what you bring this world needs right now. Don't tell me that you're a coincidence. Don't tell me that somebody made a mistake. No, God chose you before you were born. And God said, okay, guys, time to go in the game. And you're like, what, what do I do? What do I do? Hey. Go in the game. You guys understand the difference between being chosen and being called? Paul says that he was chosen and that he was what? He was called because there was what? There was a specific design and there's a specific design that you have. That's why you don't fit in everywhere. That's why you're, you're, you're not, not, not everybody likes you. Oh, pastor, everybody likes me, do they? Everybody thinks I'm nice, do they? No, 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 no. Because you see, I remember being part of a team. And when you're in a team and you have a specific skill set, for example, I don't know how many basketball fans we have here, but I remember back in 2013, we were losing this game against San Antonio. And there was this guy in the court that he had a specific skill set to help us in the middle of the situation that was going on. We were losing by three points, and we were about to lose the finals. But there was a guy that not only had been chosen, but he had been called because he had a specific skill set. And what was that skill set? To make three-pointers. And all of a sudden, Chris Bosch gets this rebound, and he throws it to the corner to where this guy named Ray Allen was. Something about this guy named Ray Allen. Ray Allen would shoot a thousand three-pointers before every game just to warm up before the game would start. Talk about working in your calling. Talk about working in your calling. Oh, pastors, that I have a calling. What's your calling? To sing. Oh, yeah, do you work in it? Oh, you better be working on it. Pastor, I've been called to preach. Do you work on it? You know that I stand in front of the mirror and I preach to myself? I stand in my prayer room on Friday, and this that I'm sharing with you guys, I go through the whole motions here and outside just to make sure that it comes out the way that it needs to. 
you rehearse? Well, I'm working on my skill set to make sure that you guys get what you need to get. And I'll call Sergio. I'm like, what are the songs? I need these songs, and I think this needs to go with that. And, and all these things, why? So Ray Allen would work and work and work. And you know what? What was happening in practice all of a sudden came to pass. And Chris Bosch gets this rebound and throws it in the corner, and the clock is winding, and it's three, two, and the ball ends in his hands, and he just shoots that thing, and the ball's in the air. And it seems like it's an eternity while that ball's in the air. And I'm standing in front of the TV, and I'm like this, and all of a sudden that ball swooshes in, and I start jumping like I was Michael Jordan, but I was not. I'm 5'10", and I'm white. But I jumped because this guy that had been chosen by the Miami Heat had been called because of his school skill set to that specific moment. You guys understand what I'm talking to you about this morning? Specific design, specific design, specific design. Now something even better happens here. Listen to this. And then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. Not only, listen to this, was he chosen? Not only was he called, but it says, then it pleased God to reveal his son, Jesus, to him. Going back to the basketball analogy. That doesn't only mean that you got chosen to be part of the team. That doesn't only mean that you get called in the game because there's a skill set. This means that there's a play that is being drawn up for you. That means that the coach calls a timeout and says, okay, in this timeout, the ball's going directly into your hands. And we're going to draw up this whole thing. And Paul is saying here that there was a moment that it pleased God to reveal Christ to him. Because even though he was chosen, even though he was called, there was a moment that he still did not know Christ. And he needed to know Christ because that's what he was going to be doing. Proclaiming Christ to the people. And what does this have to do with me? It has something very large to do with each person in this place because I want to tell you something. There's a play that heaven has drawn up specifically for you. Woo! There's a play that heaven has drawn up. Coach God, <laughs> Daddy God. The Lord sat down and he drew up a play and he said, Lacayo, you're going in the game. Lacayo, you're going in the game. Lacayo, this is the play. Run that play. No, but I don't like that play. I'm running in that way. No, 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 no. This is the play that you need to run. Because have you seen people arguing with God about what they're supposed to be doing? Because they really don't like what they're supposed to be doing. But there's a design in you. Oh, but I sing great. You sing great in the shower. Oh, the shower's blessed by your singing and the anointing when it falls in there. The soap loves it. If the soap had hands, it would put its hands up. But you were chosen, you were called, and then a play was drawn up for you, and it was not to sing. It might have been for something else. Now, it was to sing, God bless you. I love the singers that are singing over there, sitting over there, because I wish I would have been called to sing. Oh, I wish the service would end like my pastor, Pastor Marco Barriento, the service ends and all of a sudden he just goes into Cantico Nuevo and the anointing. Man, I wish I could do that stuff. He's even crying back there, man. It's like, Pastor, don't sing. Don't worry, I won't. I don't. 
I don't. But I want to tell you this morning, we're talking about priorities. Church, listen, look at me. It's a priority for you to discover your purpose in 2020. It's a priority for you to discover your purpose in 2020. And here we go. That's what growth track is all about. You discovering your purpose. You discovering your purpose. Because I don't want a church of yes people that will just do whatever I tell them and place wherever I think they need to be placed. No, I want people discovering the design that God has for them. And I want you living out according to the passion and the desire and the way that God designed you because before you were born, he already did it. But here it goes, church. Look at me. Pastor, what's my purpose? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out mine and I'm doing the best that I can. And that's why we have things set up in order to help us discover it. But you listen to this. You need to invest time in discovering it for yourself. If this is so great that this is the reason why you exist and you are not walking according to your purpose, then this is the year that I want to discover what it is. Pastor, what's that whole growth check about? You know that I know, that I know, that I know. Every week we run the same announcement. Don't worry, I'm about to record a new one. And what's going to be in the new one? Same information. Same information. And until you say, Numa's my church and I went through that thing, I'm going to keep on repeating the same thing to you over and over and over and over again. Because if you were born to fulfill a purpose that God had for you and you're not walking according to that purpose, listen to this. You're just existing, but you're not living. You're just filling out in space. You're filling in some space. You're filling in space and time. But it's our responsibility. The Bible says that God conceals a matter. That was one of the verses of this week. I love it. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to reveal it, to discover it. The Bible has called us kings and priests. It's our glory to discover the things that God has concealed. It's His glory to hide it. It's our glory to find it. Growth Track every Sunday. As soon as the service finishes, Growth Track is running in English next door. Go and do it. Four steps. And I start every year by telling you, give me four weekends. Four weekends. First weekend of the year, step one. Second weekend of the month, step two. Come on now. And like that all the way. You know that last year, I came back from the sabbatical time and I even took the vision that is up there outside and I simplified it in terms that would be easier for us to understand because when people would say, Pastor, what's the vision? I know it, but the question is if you know it. But the Bible says, write the vision so that people can run after it and, 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 and fulfill what is written in it. And our vision is amazing. Numa Church exists to show the love of God to every person. 
And it goes on and on and on and on. But how are you going to memorize that? So we broke that down into four phrases. You know what those phrases are? I have them here. Number one, love God. Number two, be free. And number three, live on purpose. And number four, make a difference. Can you tell the person next to you, live on purpose? Live on purpose. Live on purpose. I want you guys to live on purpose. Live on purpose. I have many other things to share with you guys, but I don't have time. But if you like this kind of stuff, just for your notes, write Acts chapter 20, verse 24. That's for homework. Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. My life worth is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. That means, this is for you, just homework. I'm going to give you four points. Just write these down. Your purpose is the reason you're alive. I'm going to tell you something that sounds crazy. The moment that your purpose finishes, it's time for you to leave this world. That's the way God designed it. Pastor, but he was so young. Jesus was 33. I have finished the work that you gave me. John the Baptist was like 30-something. Head cut off. I was here to prepare the way for the Lord. The Lord is here. He took off. That's it. Time for me to go. No reason to hanging out 50 more years around. Crazy, huh? Your purpose is what gives your life value. That's another one. Your purpose is what gives your life value. You won't find true value unless you're involved in the purpose that God has for you. You'll be looking everywhere for value. You'll go to everyone for value. It's your purpose that gives you value. Your purpose gives your life direction. Your purpose gives you hope in the midst of the circumstances. I want to close with that. Because my wife told me something at the beginning when she came to receive the service. What did you feel, baby? That there were some people that were burdened. Going through what? Going through what? Going through situations. Are there people going through situations here this morning? Be honest. People going through situations. We all go through situations. I'm going to give you a key. 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 Okay, here we go. Don't focus on getting out of the situation. Focus on your purpose. What? Don't focus on getting out of the situation. Focus on your purpose. If you focus on getting out of the situation, that's where all your energy, all your mind, all your finances, everything's going to go to that. All your mind. So you know what you're thinking? Constantly about that situation. But if you think about your purpose, you're thinking about why you are here on earth and why you exist. And I said that the things that are around us, including our family, need to adjust to the purpose that God has for us. You want to get out of depression? Focus on the purpose that God has for your life. Don't focus on medicine. Focus on the purpose. You see, Paul was indestructible. I'm going to close with this. A person that knows their purpose becomes indestructible. Because Paul said, to me, to live is Christ. 
If I'm going to live, I'm going to do the purpose that Christ has for me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and to die is gain because I'm going to be with him. So either I'm alive, I'm living for my purpose, or I die, I'm with him. Doesn't matter. You know what's to live like that? You have all these shootings going on today, all these crazies. People getting shot even at church and stuff like that. Nuts. But I remember that first shooting that took place within a school in Columbine back in 1999. And they went to this young girl. So remember her name was Rachel. I forgot her last name. And they asked her, do you believe in God? And she goes, yes, I do. And they just go be with him. And they shot her in the chest. That's it. You see that girl that was 13, 14 years old? What would you have said if they put a gun to your chest and they go, do you believe in God? Uh, but, 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 but. There's a true story and I could just go on and on. I'm going to land this plane. But there's a true story about communist Russia back after World War II where the church had to meet underground. That means that hidden. Because if they found out that you were worshiping, they would kill you. And one night while the church was together, there was about 20 believers there and they were singing and worshiping. Two soldiers came in. Two Russian soldiers came in with guns. And when they came in with guns, they said, who here is a follower of Christ? And like 15, 20 people ran out of the room. And only like three people said, we're followers of Christ. And they put their guns down and they said, we wanted to know who were the real Christians so that we could worship with you guys. And they stayed and didn't kill nobody. Who are the real Christians? The ones that know what's the purpose that God has for their lives. The ones that are walking and going after that purpose, they're discovering it. You're going to make some noise. Heaven designed you for that. And hell will hate you. But it won't be able to overcome you. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. I said at the beginning, this could be one of the most, if not the most important message that I've given. Because I'm speaking straight to the design that you have according to the manufacturer. I want you to look inside your heart this morning. And I want you to look inside and ask yourself, am I really living according to the purpose that God has for me? Am I going after it? Are the things that are set in place right now in my life, or what are some things that I need to align and adjust as this year ends and we talk about priorities? Because your purpose needs to determine everything else. I said your purpose needs to determine everything else. Father, I pray you would speak to your children right now through your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're a big boy. You could go down there and speak to each person. Specifically, Lord, what they need to hear. According to that choosing, according to that calling, according to that revealing of Jesus, according to that that was given before they were born. 
I pray you would speak to them now, Lord. I want to ask this morning, if today the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, and you recognize that you've been walking around aimlessly, maybe for a few months, maybe a few days, maybe a few years, maybe a few decades, and you say, Pastor, I want to make a commitment to God in this 2020 that I'm going to go after my purpose. I'm going to go discover what it is. And I'm going to start setting everything in place to go after that purpose. If that's you, I want you to stand up right there on your seat where you're at. You don't need to come to the front, but I want you to stand up. If you're not making a commitment with me, I want you to make a commitment with God this morning. It's so much greater than any of us that are in this room. It has to do with you and God's purpose with you and his plan with you. Just right there where you are, just raise your hands. I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person, Lord, that is standing to their feet right now, Lord. And I pray, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you, Lord God, will reveal to them that purpose, that design, my God, for which you put them here on earth, Father God, to accomplish, Lord. I pray, my God, that you would give them the passion and the desire to go after it, Lord, to, to search it out, Lord God, to dig it up, my God, to go and seek, my God, with diligence, Father God, and that 2020, Lord God, would mark such a difference, Father God, in their lives, Lord, that 2020 could be a year, Father God, where they say, it doesn't matter my age, it doesn't matter how long I've been doing this or that, this is the year that I start living, this is the year that I start living, I choose to live and not only to exist, I choose to live for that, my God, for which you chose me and for which you called me, Lord God. And Lord, we are ready, Lord God, to go on this journey with you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, my God, for your goodness, Father, and for these words that you speak over us, my God. And right there, you may be stay seated or standing, but I want to take a moment and speak to those people that have, might never invited Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. It starts there. You see, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So it starts with a relationship with Jesus. It starts with receiving eternal life. So if you're here this morning and you want to invite Jesus into your heart, you're watching online, you want to invite Jesus into your heart, you pray this with me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you repeat with me, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, for paying my penalty, for taking my place, and for giving me eternal life when you resurrected from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord, and I ask you that you would take me by the hand to my heavenly Father, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, and that you would reveal the purpose that you have for my life. It's in your name that I pray. And as people say, amen, amen, and amen. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? Come on, church, give it up for him this morning. Thank you, God.